I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from that film studio, and this is our latest review, The Nun 2. Directed by Michael Chavez, The Nun 2 is the gothic supernatural horror film which serves as a sequel to The Nun from 2018 and is the ninth installment in the Conjuring Universe franchise. The movie is in cinemas now, but if you haven't watched The Nun 2 yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. So, Luke, what is The Nun 2 about? 1956 France, a priest is murdered and evil is spreading. Sister Irene, played by Taysa Farmiga, once again comes face-to-face with Valak, the demon nun. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty straightforward. The nun, the conjuring universe. Um, You know, fun fact straight off the bat, the nun, right, is the highest grossing worldwide conjuring film, which blows my mind because I consider it one of the worst. Not necessarily a terrible movie, I just find it really boring. I don't think the story is that great and the scares are not really there. But I do love the Conjuring universe. I know you do as well. Hence why we're here. Um, Another fun fact, we didn't actually review The Nun. We had other things going on in 2018 that uh, I think led us to skip it. But uh, what are your thoughts in a snapshot? I mean, you're absolutely right. We didn't review the first one. And until you point that out to me recently, I legit thought we did. I thought we'd reviewed that film, but we... You just assumed. You just assumed, yeah. <laughs> because, yes, uh, we yeah we were busy that year. We took a short hiatus. You got married. I got married. And we to missed... different people. <laughs> to different people. <laughs> and we missed The Nun. I agree with you. Like, it is... Yeah, it it's probably my least favourite one as well. I guess one of my favourites, in fact, it could potentially be my favourite, The Conjuring 2. We got the nun there. I felt like I had enough of the nun in that. So then the movie didn't do too much. And here we are talking about the sequel. Like this movie got a sequel. I mean, Annabelle got three movies in total. The Crooked Man, that's, I think, scrapped. Yeah, is that still coming? I think it's scrapped. The Curse of the Weeping Woman, or in the US, The Curse of La Llorona, that's still an odd one where it doesn't often get referred to as a Conjuring film. And it, Yeah, it, there's like the priest character that's kind of the only connection, but that's about it. It's, yeah, yeah it's a, a strange that's one. An and and they, it, it wasn't really marketed as a Conjuring film. Anyway, but this, this one is. This one is a Conjuring <laughs> film. And yes, I do really like these films and in preparation for watching the sequel i did go back and watch the nun again (laughs) and (laughs) and it's still my least favorite conjuring film (laughs) yeah and that's the thing is with, with with that and i'll say that for this movie as well like they're well made and that's the thing like they look pretty the production values there the performances are great like everything's there like this these are well-made movies the first one was and this one is no exception like 
this is a pretty movie, looks good. It's just like the story's weak. And look, I'll I'll admit, like here we've got this is this is a better movie than the first one. I'll say that yeah. straight out. Like this is yeah. an improvement on, on all regards in terms of there's a little bit more happening, it's a little bit more interesting. There's a few more different settings that kind of mix it mixes it up a bit that doesn't keep me. You know, there's a weird sequence where the demon goat wolf thing or whatever the hell that was. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get to that. But um, but still at the at its core, it's like it's very much the same stuff. Valak's back, being creepy nun, appearing like in the walls, in the shadows, behind That's what she does. She, like, you know, yes. in The Conjuring 2, she was behind the painting. Like, like we've seen it. Does. It's, it's more of that. And it's like, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't do anything for me. The newsstand the, yeah, is pretty cool, though. Although they make you wait for it. It's a long scene. Yeah. That is a standout, unique, pretty cool moment. It, um, it is. I but mean, you know what? Can I just, can I just say this? Thing. The first Conjuring film, like the best ghost stories, less is more. I mean, things do escalate, but what is shoved down our throats with the early Conjuring films based on true events? We know about Ed and Lorraine Warren. They were real people. And obviously, you know, creative license for these films. Of course, yeah. But it was still grounded events with people that it was felt like people and then we've got the enfield haunting in the conjuring 2 but again you know valak was first introduced there but it was still what was happening in that house in london and the warrens went over there so although fantastical things are happening it does feel grounded with the spin-offs oh i guess not so much annabelle because that's okay annabelle is an exception, but it gets pretty wacky, but yeah, it does. But if we're looking, I know it still starts with you know the the nurses, the doll. You know, it's mm. it seems grounded. These nun movies, one and two, for me, you're talking about production value. Yes, it's impressive, but it's just too big. It's too much. It, it's <laughs> just it's too much. It's as I was watching the th- you know, when you got the third act and you've got the young girl. And it looked pretty cool because it did look practical, like when she's hanging from the column or, you know, the platform that she's on and it's falling and Valak's down and right. doing what Valak does. That looked kind of cool. It looked a bit Indiana Jones. I, I like that. But for the most yeah, part, sure. it's just that Valak with that big CG mouth. And I don't know, it just, it seems really far removed from the actual Conjuring films. It just seems bigger. And that's it. And we've always referred to the Conjuring movies as almost like, hey, this is this is like blockbuster horror. It's like it it is big. Uh, whether you're referring to like the production value or, you know, sort of just like, like the storytelling. You know, the Conjuring too. Like, there's a freaking car chase in that. Like, it's it's a big flashy movie. Like, it's what it, it it's what. It is. But I get what you mean. Like, in terms of like the fantastical elements, it's it's kind of like when you watch these movies you kind of want to be sitting on the outside where it's like, hey, if this was being told to me, you start to question, is this real? Is this not? Like, there's got to be an explanation to it. And then we kind of dive into the movie of which is telling us, 
well, this is what happened. And then that's kind of that cool entry point. And then you get the fantastical stuff. But then suddenly it's like, behind, like you close all the doors, you stand on the outside, you're like, is that happening inside there? Is that going on? But you're right here. It's like shit's happening, like in the streets of France. And yeah, you know about it. You do. And yeah, it's like, you know, like people, like cameras were invented, like people taking photos of this crazy shit that's going on. You're right. And then what is it? Is it a goat or a bull? I can't remember. It was just it's a goat. It, thing. it is. It it's is a goat. goat right? Yeah. 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 It's like there's a. It's an animal of the devil. You know, he's got the horns. A big. Yeah, big Satan devil. Why is there thing. a goat? I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like when I walked out of this movie, it was like, I just imagined that a different movie had come out, right? And then 10 years later, the makers of this movie were having a conversation and they were like, oh, yeah, there was a version of this film where, like, we had a big CGI goat sequence, but then we, we realised that was just silly, so we didn't do it. But this is the version that we actually got. Like, yeah, that's, but Valak that's how can... detached it seems. It's... It's but like Valak crazy. chooses how it appears. And to taunt the nuns, it appears as a nun. And I guess in those yes. sequences, it's appearing as a goat, which is just, I mean, we've not seen that before. You know, when you're watching <laughs> these, right, the first it's time wacky. we saw Valak, those events take place after the nun and after the nun too. Mm-hmm. So you know whether it was watching that first one for the first time or this new one, no matter what happens in the film, Valak comes back. Yeah. I'm the okay, demon I'm isn't, okay with that. isn't defeated. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that the demon, because, I mean, it, it's forces above what we understand. So I, I, I can grasp that it's like Valak's still doing its thing or whatnot. Where I found issue, right? in this movie, which I really struggled with, and it had me questioning what is the actual point of this movie. Okay, you've got that first nun movie, and you've got the character of, well, who's played by Jonas Bloquette, Maurice. Well, at least he doesn't have a name. He's referred to as Frenchie, yada, yada, yada. You get to the end of that movie, and it's revealed that his name is Maurice, and then the big reveal is that he's the guy that appears at the start of the first Conjuring movie, where the Warrens are doing their seminar thing and they've got yeah. the, the footage of doing an exorcism of Maurice. Okay. What information do we get from that? Maurice is still alive all the way up until some point later when the Warrens interact with him. So sometime in the seventies or something like that. So he's got a good another decade or so under his belt. We're watching this movie and he's the one character that is in the most danger throughout the whole thing. But I'm sitting there going, oh, Maurice is going to be okay. He's going to be fine. And normally sometimes when that's the situation, you know, when it comes to prequels, you're like, oh, cool. It's more about the journey of how we get there. But the movie kept presenting the he's, he's, the threats there. He's in jeopardy. He's, there's, his life's on the – no, it's not. Everything's going to be okay, even the fake-out yeah. death. Like, I'm like, he's not dead. He's that's what I was saying before. That's what I was saying. So I was using Valak as an example, but that's the same thing with with yeah. Frenchie. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. know things are going to happen. You know, tonally, they're doing something different here. Can you remember? Well, of course you can. But the movie Annabelle Comes Home. Good <laughs> film. Mm, no, yes. Very much yeah. played. Yep. Like The Conjuring 2.5. 
we've got quite a bit of time with the Warrens in that film. A big criticism against that film, you had the teenagers in peril for like the whole movie, and then they all survive. And yeah. the movie got some criticism. <laughs> so when you're watching The Nun 2, and you've got kids getting killed, Generally, I was surprised by that because of what had happened in recent Conjuring films where they don't quite go that far. Like when Valak's got that young girl and she's, what, dropping off wine or bread or whatever she's doing, and you think she's going to escape, but no. She gets her neck broken. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, okay. So it, it feels like a bit of course correction after Annabelle comes home. Yeah, well, you're right, whether it's a, a big tonal, tonal change or I suppose it's because like with Annabelle Comes Home, that story is so closely connected to the Warrens. It's like it involves their daughter and then like, you know, like friends of the daughter and you know, almost close family. To have like people or like young girls die in the Warrens' house, it, you know, problematic. Like, okay. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, no, it would yeah. raise questions. <laughs> but here, and, and you know, let's just call it what it is. Random girl dies delivering bread in France or wherever they are. Not as problematic for, you know, like the publicity of the warrants, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't know. But um, it's it's crazy. Look, one of the – I mean, we should obviously talk about, like, the nun side of it. Tisa Famiga's back as Irene um, Palmer. So – you know, the movie literally shoehorns her back into this with a sequence where she's meeting with, like, you know, cardinals or higher priests or whatever, and it's sort of like, hey, you've dealt with this before, so we want to send you again to deal with it because you do it once. It's like, okay, she doesn't want to do it. She does it anyway. Kickstart the movie. Awesome. Yeah. And then what we get is this... Oh, it's so frustrating, but it's like it's almost like this is a it's a mystery movie. It's a it's a it's a who done it trying to solve, you know, like solve this thing. But the whole time it's like we know what this is. So why are we watching you trying to solve this? It's frustrating, it's annoying, it's it's like it's just pandering. The whole time we're watching Irene and her new little friend who's played by Storm Reed, Deborah. The, the nun that's not a nun yet, you know, like we're watching them trying to uncover like the secrets and learn things. And it's like, just, just get on with it. We know where this is going. Like I, we, I don't understand why we're on this journey. I don't know why this movie is trying to, trying to sell us a mystery and trying to make us think that Maurice is in danger. It just, it's just irritating. But that's what I was saying before. We already know what happens after this movie. And the new Nun, not a nun yet, Deborah. I mean, that was Irene in that first film. So they needed another Irene that can't be Irene <laughs> because she went through what she went through and survived. And the priest won the first movie. He did really well after the events of that first film, but then he died off camera. He did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Moving on. He did. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Well, so he's he's not. He did do quite good in anymore. that first one. Yeah, good effort. Like he, he yeah, played you know, a part. With with the actual nun, with Valak, played by Bonnie Arons. And I don't know if you've seen her, which is not all dressed up as the nun. 
she's got the look. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you can see that, okay, so so we've got something to work with here. And obviously, they add, you know, extra whatever. I don't know if these stats are correct, but I got them off IMDb. So take them with a pinch of salt. They can't be right, surely. Valak only appears in her nun form for a total of two minutes and 57 seconds. And this is a film that has a runtime of one hour, 50 minutes. <laughs> and it's about the nun. That can't be right, surely. Yeah. I mean, the presence of the nun and all that's there, I, I guess. But yeah, no, looking back and thinking about it, she appears in flashes, literally, like, a lot of the time it's it's a quick snippet, like, for dramatic effect, of course, as well. It's it's there. It's not like she's on screen having conversations with the characters. I mean, that's true. It just, stuff. I don't know, it just really, really surprised me. Yeah. Did, did you recognise Kate, teacher at school? She's the mum of Sophie, played by Anna Popplewell. I'm looking at her and I'm like, do you know what? That's one of the that's one of the characters or one of the actresses from the Chronicles of Narnia. Right, when she was a lot. She younger. was yeah, so she was Susan in the Narnia films. Wow. Wow. Yeah, was that like she was 15 years ago or more. Uh 2005 was the first one. And then she came back for Prince Caspian. And then she, it's almost a cameo in what was no, the I third one? Caspian, <laughs> oh, yeah. Come Dawn on. Treader. That was a proper one. Dawn Treader. That was the third one. I've only seen that once. Oh, it was okay. recently watched it with the kids. She's It's pretty much a cameo. She's in that. But yeah, I'm watching this movie thinking, I think that's Susan from Narnia. Do you know what? She, yeah, she looked hell familiar, but and that's, I, I that's why. look into it. <laughs> um, someone who's in this movie that it's not even really a character, Sister Lucy. I want to talk about that whole aspect of this film. So they very conveniently, you know, as they're as they're doing this Scooby Doo thing and trying to trying to solve the mystery, you know, they see a portrait of Sister Lucy and they have a nice convenient conversation about Sister Lucy and, and the backstory there. And it's like, all right, that's what's gonna play into stuff later. And then lo and behold, you get to towards the end of the movie and it's like, all right, cool, there's revelations about Sister Lucy and Turns out that Irene is a descendant of Sister Lucy, hence why she can she has these visions and all that, all that kind of jazz. Now, previously, with Tisa Formiga being cast in the Wondering movies in the real in the real world, sister of Vera Formiga, who plays oh, what's her name? Uh, Lorraine. Warren. <laughs> Lorraine. There yeah. it is. Wow. Anyway, speculation has been: Have they cast her? on purpose to have i mean look they have some sort of resemblance obviously being sisters obviously the ages are quite far apart but it's like is there some sort of connection that they're gonna make at some point and this movie pretty much spells it out through some quick flashes going through like the descendants of sister lucy you see uh or the character that's portraying you know irene's mother you see irene like with the glowing the eyes and stuff it's all visual visually there then you see a quick flash of lorraine warren and pretty much cementing that she is also a descendant of sister lucy and that's the big conjuring reveal i guess in this film but it's kind of a blink and you miss it or if you're not paying attention you're not gonna catch on to that that's it i guess that kind of explains her you know 
powers, her abilities. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you spelled it out because I think some people might miss that, miss what they're doing, miss or not even know or care that the actresses <laughs> are sisters in real life. But it is something that's happening and it does connect these movies even more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you glad that you pointed that out. With the um with the scares, there's a moment, and I'll admit, I jumped. No. But, yeah. But I didn't no. jump, I didn't jump as in I was scared. I guess I was just watching and it was it, you know, they often it's often very teleplay that like you know when something's going to yeah. happen, and was I was like just he waiting a little bit, and then it was a loud noise, and he went. Oh. No, nah, I was just I was waiting for it and waiting for it because it was obvious something was going to happen, and I was waiting, 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 and it just didn't happen. And then at the last minute, it did it. I thought, oh, God. <laughs> Fortunately, I was one of six people in my whole screening. <laughs> Not a lot of people turned up right. when I watched um, when I watched this movie opening weekend. Um, but yeah, just a little little jump. Uh, do you know what? Just speaking of like you know the the attendance. So I went to the the screening that you know like we we get invited to. Thanks Universal for yeah bringing us on. Um, uh, I took actually, you know, you often do this. It was Warner Brothers, and and just quickly on that, they used the old school New Line Cinema logo. I did like that. I like right. it when horror movies specifically. Will show like an older logo, even though fifties predates New Line, mm. but it was still cool seeing sure. it in the opening. But you're right; every time we get invited to one of these screenings, Universal usually hosts it. But this is a Warner Brothers movie. Are we still not invited by Universal? Close my mind. Anyway, yeah, well, yes, because <laughs> they have distribution. Anyway, we don't need to get into. It yeah, that's the whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> but you went to the screening. Yeah. Obviously, packed house because you know everyone's invited, all that kind of stuff. It's great, fantastic. Thanks for putting it on. Appreciate it. This is going to be probably one of the quietest horror movies I've ever been to in terms of audience reaction to stuff, which oh, kind wow. of I think is painting the picture of like, was this movie scary? I mean, honestly, for myself, I'm like, no. Oh, it's not scary. I mean, I, I know I literally just I said I jumped, it's but it's, it's but that's a manipulative scary. like, yeah, yeah. You know, I fell for it. But I mean, there's usually always people, you know, like you know, gasping at those jump scares or, or, you know, carrying a little bit or like, oh, you know, just reacting to. I just found it was really quiet. Maybe everyone was snapping. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but look, there is one more. There's one more connection to, um, well, the Condor. Same sort of. There is a sneaky little mid-credit scene through the credits i don't, don't know we'll have to elaborate on that and we get we get the warrants we get the warrants back we're, we're at their house obviously it's sometime in the future i guess there's a phone call it's very simple it's a you know we need basically like we need your help this is um interestingly a deleted scene from the conjuring three that was repurposed for this film. So I'm like, cool. <laughs> Didn't even actually get them back. No nope. stuff. I've got resources. I stuck around for it. Did not need it. You're right. Yeah. It's a cut scene from The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. A film also directed by Michael Chavez. So there you go. He had a scene lying around that was well, cut from his movie. At least it's his. 
it's his, it's his C, I suppose. I mean, normally it's oh, it's cool, yeah. You know, when the Warrens turn over, it's sort of like oh, it really. Even though it was a cut scene, it did just feel like we've been shown a scene. It felt like we'd seen it. We'd seen that scene before, yeah. and it was just tacked on the end. So I don't know. I, I think maybe they didn't need to do that, but they did. I mean, obviously. They've gone harder with the Conjuring connections with this one than they did the first non-movie. Um, but yeah, it just felt unnecessary. Much like this movie. Well, okay then. <laughs> uh, well, I think we're there. Let's give our rating out of five. The non two. What have you got? I feel pretty middle of the road with this one to be honest it is a step up from that first movie but being in the middle um there's definitely things to recommend to people especially if they're a fan of the conjuring films i mean you've got to see it um yeah i'm going to come in at a three but it's very very generous but just because i'm middle of the road i'm going to give it three three out of five yeah look i already said it production value acting it's all there this is a well-made movie but the story's weak this is a ultimately a better movie than the first nun but still the scares aren't there the story's weak uh and i just ultimately found this film not to be necessary at all like i, I just don't get it so i'm giving this a two out of five that's it for our review of The Nun 2. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Meg 2, The Trench and Vacation Friends 2 and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Blue Beetle. You've been listening to Jason. And you've been listening to Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu. We'll see you soon.